0: December is often called the most wonderful time of the year. But did you know that the winter solstice, which happens during December, is the second most haunted time of the year, too? Samhain, or Halloween, is the first. The hauntings that happen during Halloween aren't the same as the ghosts that come to visit during the Christmas season slash winter solstice, though. Sawan ghosts are more the dead in general coming back, whereas Yule hauntings are much more Dickens-esque. Like Marley and the Ghosts of Christmas Past, Present, and Future, winter solstice hauntings have a purpose and some link to the season's death-rebirth theme. And while telling ghost stories is a popular activity commonly associated with Halloween. It's also an ancient Yuletide tradition, one that we're going to partake in in this episode. Hello, fellow restless spirit. Thanks for joining me for this special fiction episode of The Haunted Christmas Season here on The Haunt John's Podcast. My name is Courtney Maroc, and the short story you're about to hear, Making Merry, Night of the Living Christmas Decorations, is one I wrote once upon a Christmas time long, long ago. So sit back, or curl up, however it is you get comfy. Grab your favorite snacks and drinks, and enjoy this tale of merriment, mischief, judgment, redemption, and love. Fifteen Days Before Christmas Kyle never heard the tapping at his window. Sprawled on his bed in the dark, his earbuds in, his mp3 player turned up as high as his ears could stand, he only knew someone was outside when he saw the shadow cast against the shade. He popped out his earbuds and went to investigate. As he expected, Justin, a friend from school who lived up the street, motioned to him impatiently. Kyle flipped him off, then grabbed his jacket, put on his shoes, and cautiously opened his bedroom door. It was nearly midnight. All was dark. Nothing stirred from either his little sister's bedroom or his mother's. It was safe to sneak out. He closed his door again then went back to his window and climbed out. About friggin' time you get out here. Didn't you hear me? I've been freezing my balls off for the last 20 minutes trying to get your attention. Wouldn't be a big loss, save you from scratching them all the time. Justin punched him in the arm. Kyle retaliated by quickly maneuvering him into a headlock. Let go already. We got other things to do. Oh yeah? Like what? You sneak that beer from your dad? Justin smiled knowingly, then ducked behind a nearby bush. He reappeared, holding a six-pack out in front of him. Kyle quickly snatched it away from him, freeing one can for himself before tossing the rest back to his friend. He chugged half of his can gone before Justin even had a chance to open his. Okay, so you got beer. Now what are we going to do? Justin again answered with a mischievous smile, then started walking ahead, stopping a few houses down. That's what we're going to do, he said, pointing at the eight-foot-tall inflatable snowman. Kyle frowned. He wasn't the smartest kid in school by any stretch, but not because he was lacking in brains. School was a drag. Thinking up trouble came easy usually. But he couldn't figure out what kind of trouble Justin expected them to get into with a giant snowman. It was kind of conspicuous. Justin laughed. Don't you get it, dude? Look around. He spun in a circle, his arms outstretched and palms flat, presenting all of the houses bedecked in Christmas finery. We could have a freaking field day, Pull one of the all-time greatest Christmas pranks this neighborhood has ever seen. I don't think this neighborhood has ever seen any Christmas pranks, Jay. Even better, we'll start a new holiday tradition. Give future generations something to aspire to. What are you talking about? Mayhem. A Christmas decoration massacre. The possibilities glimmered in Kyle's mind. But so did something else. He didn't have much of a conscience, but the little he did have warned him this didn't feel right. Christmas was all about little kids, Santa, Jesus, miracles, and crap. Vandalism was better suited to Halloween. I don't know, Jay. Justin looked at him incredulously. You've got to be kidding me. You don't get it, do you? Watch. He went over and plucked out one of the spikes tethering the snowman to the ground. It flopped forward face first. That's your big plan, Kyle sneered. That's pathetic. The wind could have done something like that. You think you can do better? Show me. Taunting never failed to silence doubts and prompt him into action. He considered the other houses, seeing their lawn decorations in a whole new light. Two houses down, oversized ornaments hung on the bare branches of an oak tree. Kyle snatched two big blue round ones and went back to the snowman Justin had kicked over. He tilted the snowman up and hooked the balls to the snowman's nether regions. Popping the inflatable decoration in the process. Justin howled with delight. That's what I'm talking about, man. After that, the rest came easy. They ran over an inflatable Rudolph with a Christmas train driven by Santa and left a couple of empty beer cans scattered at the scene. They arranged a group of wired deer in sexually suggestive positions and knocked a few others over, stabbing candy canes through them. They ripped bows off mailboxes and threw them in the street, lynched a skiing polar bear with a string of Christmas lights, and moved two five-foot-tall toy soldiers guarding someone's front door to a lawn where they could peer up the skirts of a trio of angels. After about an hour of horsing around and rearranging a number of displays, the boys, now out of beer and cold, decided to call it a night. The next morning, the call started early. It only took two before his mother marched into his room. Where were you last night? she demanded. He responded by pulling the covers up over his head. She threw them off. Answer me, damn it! Two neighbors have already called asking me if you were out last night. Apparently their lawns were vandalized. I didn't do it. He still had his eyes closed, but felt the heat of her stare just the same. I didn't. God, why automatically assume it's me anyway, he scoffed, rolling over. Oh gee, I wonder, because every time the neighborhood pond overflows with bubbles, or the street freezes over because someone accidentally left their hose on, or cars are egged, it normally is you. Yeah, well, give me a little credit. I have some respect for Christmas, don't you know? No, I don't. But since it seems like you're not going to fess up, I guess I'll have to call Justin's mom and see if she's had any better luck eliciting a confession. If she has, you better hope he doesn't turn on you, my friend, if I find out you're involved, which you won't, because I wasn't and neither was he. His mother just shook her head and walked away. She called Justin's mom, who had gotten no further. Years of getting into trouble had taught both boys the power of denial. They knew better than to admit to anything without concrete proof convicting them. Kyle went to school Monday, smug in the satisfaction. They'd gotten away with exactly what Justin had hoped for. They'd pulled off the biggest Christmas prank their neighborhood had ever seen. 12 days before Christmas. Kyle got off the school bus with Justin, laughing about something like they always did. Today it happened to be about Becky Montgomery's hair. Justin had decided to stick gum in it, but Becky wouldn't discover it until she got home. Justin had done it slyly, pretending to bump into her as he got up to get off at his exit. But walking home... Kyle sensed something was up. He felt watched. He studied the windows of the homes he walked past day in and day out, looking to see if anyone was peering out at him. As far as he could tell, no one was. No curtains fluttered, no silhouettes framed sills. Still, the feeling persisted. He grew uneasy quickened his pace. Justin noticed. You in a hurry today? Kyle shrugged, hoping it appeared indifferent. It must have. Justin shrugged in response and simply increased his speed to keep up with his friend. At the corner, Justin gave a half-hearted wave and headed down the hill to his house. Kyle felt funny, alone, vulnerable suddenly. A noise drew his attention. It was coming from the lawn of the house where they'd attacked the first snowman. The one they had destroyed. No, the one he had destroyed when he'd attached the ball ornaments. The owners had to throw it away. But apparently they'd gotten a new one. The noise was the motor coming on. Pumping air. Life. Into it. In seconds it rose to stand erect, taller than its predecessor by two feet. Its eyes shone with malintent, and its mouth turned upwards in a crooked, devious smirk. Worse, it seemed to be focusing on him. But that was silly. It was an inflatable toy. Its eyes, creepy as they were, couldn't really see him. Could they? When a sudden gust of wind sent it lunging forward, its widespread snowman arms outstretched as if trying to grab him, Kyle shrieked and ran. He only slowed down at his driveway to fish his keys out of his backpack. By then he was rational enough to look behind him. Of course nothing was there. He shook his head. The snowman could not see him. The snowman did not try to grab him. Fabrications of a guilty conscience. Eight days before Christmas. It was Saturday night. But Kyle wasn't doing anything more exciting than streaming a scary movie alone in his bedroom. His mother had denied his request to spend the night at Justin's house. I can't prove it. No way will you admit it. But I know you two are to blame for that little stunt you pulled last week. You're crazy if you think I'm going to give you permission to hang out together and have a chance to cause more trouble. So you're punishing me anyway, even though I might not be guilty? She had simply frowned before turning her back to go do another load of laundry. A little before midnight came a tapping at his window. He'd been semi-dozing, having fallen somewhat asleep mid-movie. He listened to make sure the noise hadn't roused his mother. All was still. As he crept over to the window, he wondered what Justin had cooking. No way would he dare plot anything else so soon. Would he? Not when he had to know people would be on guard. But when Kyle lifted the shade, he had to stifle a scream. Justin wasn't waiting for him outside. A holographic Santa-driven train and a Rudolph were, and it had been Rudolph's antlers making the tapping. Kyle quickly pulled the shade to block them out, but the tapping continued. He did something he hadn't done in a long time. He ran back to his bed, dove in, and pulled the covers over his head. The tapping continued, but cowering under his pillow and stuffing his blankets up around his ears helped to drown it out. When he woke the next morning, huddled against the wall with his blankets still engulfing him, he remembered his visitors from the night before. Slowly, he crept out of bed and dared to peek out the window. His lawn was devoid of any holiday decorations must have been a dream, he mumbled. He wanted to believe that, but he knew it wasn't true. Five days before Christmas. At 6.30 in the morning, Kyle headed for the bus stop. One more morning of getting up early, then tomorrow was a half day, school would let out, and Christmas break would begin. He could sleep in as late as he wanted the next two weeks. Justin caught up with him a block from the bus stop. Normally he wasn't talkative, as he wasn't much of a morning person, but today he was and he was clearly unhappy. You've been messing with me, haven't you? What are you talking about? Don't play stupid. I know it was you. I'm not playing stupid. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Justin scowled at him and shook his head. I thought we were friends. How could you diss me like that? The bus came right then, and Justin didn't give him the chance to ask any more questions. He hopped on and took a seat next to Becky instead of going to the open seats in the backs, as was status quo. Nor would he talk to Kyle for the rest of the day. Kyle had no idea what Justin was pissed off about. All he could hope was that he'd get over it eventually. But he didn't. Whatever Justin was ticked about, he stayed ticked about and completely shut Kyle out. Christmas Eve Kyle ate dinner with his family, unwrapped presents, then went to his room to watch one of the new movies his mom had just given him. Both he and his little sister were beyond the Santa phase, but his mom wasn't. She still liked everyone to turn in early so Santa will have a chance to stop by. He knew it was her. She still liked leaving them something under the tree from Santa so they'd have something to look forward to when they woke up Christmas morning. Why they just didn't wait to open all of their presents Christmas morning, Kyle never understood, but he didn't question it either. His mom enjoyed being Santa? Fine. He begrudged her a lot, but maybe it was the spirit of the season that got to him. He let her have this without any stink. At 11 o'clock, she tapped on his door. Hey, buddy. Don't you think it's about time for lights out? He knows when you're sleeping and all of that, don't forget. Yeah, yeah, I know. As soon as this is over, he nodded to his TV. When's that going to be? Maybe ten minutes? I'm right at the end. She smiled and winked. Ten minutes then. After that, lights out. He nodded. She blew him a kiss and shut the door. Ten minutes later, he turned his lights out as promised. Twenty minutes after that, he heard his mom sneak down the hall, open the garage door, heard the rustle of something like a paper bag, then heard her going back to her room. He smiled in spite of himself. Nope, he didn't always agree with her, but he knew she liked playing Santa. The very least he could do was let her. He rolled over and went to sleep. But an hour later, noises at his window woke him up. After the last time, he was afraid to look. But last time had been a dream, confirmed by the fact that when he woke up the next morning, nothing had been on his lawn this was maybe just another dream like that. So he went to the window and looked out. His jaw dropped at what he saw, just an inside an inflatable snow globe, one of the two resident snowmen holding either arm. The snow globe sat atop a sled pulled by wire reindeer of the variety they'd stabbed with candy cane. Even though Kyle couldn't hear his words, he knew Justin was screaming for help. He also knew this was no dream. The last thing Kyle wanted to do was go outside with them, the Christmas decorations from hell, but his friend needed help, the friend who refused to talk to him the last few days. If there was ever a way to salvage a friendship, this was it. So he ventured outside and was immediately clobbered over the head with candy cane-wielding toy soldiers. Once they pummeled him to the ground, they used strings of lights, courtesy of the skiing polar bear, to bind his hands and ankles. Then they tossed him up on the sleigh next to Justin trapped in the snow globe. Kyle didn't know where they were planning to take them, but he suspected it was down to the fiendishly grinning snowman waiting on the corner. The procession stopped when all of a sudden there arose such a ruckus, a shout and a clatter from the nearby rooftops. Kyle looked up to see what was the matter, and to what did his wondering eyes appear? Santa in a sleigh pulled by eight not-so-tiny reindeer. Ho, 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 Santa called out. This doesn't look like a very merry scene to me. What exactly do we have going on here? These boys were very bad, Santa, and were taking them to be punished, one of the toy soldiers said. And what has Kyle Sands and Justin Peters done to qualify them as bad? Santa asked. You know them? All the decorations asked in unison, surprised. They weren't the only ones. So was Kyle. Santa laughed a big hearty belly chuckle. Why, of course. I know all children, big and small. And I don't have these two on my naughty list, so please do tell me what makes them such very bad boys. All of the decorations started speaking at once, but Santa held up his black-mittened hand to silence them. Please, one at a time, let's start with you, toy soldiers. They related what the boys had done to them. Kyle, still in awe at the red-suited myth come to life, who'd not only known his name, but apparently really kept lists, of which Kyle was somehow miraculously not on the naughty one, was sure he now would fall from grace. Especially when Santa beseeched the polar bear, the reindeer, and the snowman, among others, to share their tales of torture at his hands. Kyle grew increasingly nervous as Santa's frown deepened a little bit more with each disclosure. Judging from Justin's expression, he shared Kyle's anxiety. When everyone finished, Santa shook his head and looked disapprovingly at the boys. I know boys will be boys, but this is the worst case of Christmas sabotage I've heard of in a long while. I understand why these decorations seek retribution now. Kyle's heart fell. He was sure Santa was going to give them the go-ahead to continue. But they'll be no better than you if they proceed. Now Santa cast a stern eye on the decorations. A glimmer of hope that they'd been spared fluttered in Kyle's heart. Until Santa said... But that's easy for me to say. I wasn't the one who was wronged. They have to do as they see fit. Tense seconds ticked by. No one moved or spoke. Eyes darted restlessly all around. The snowman on the corner broke the stillness with a dissatisfied grumble. They killed my cousin. Pop him! It's the death we fladies fear the most, and they did it in the most unkind and unfeeling manner. I want to pop him right back. That provoked the rest of the crowd and sent renewed vigor through them. Shouts of no mercy reverberated in the street, and the sleigh procession with the captives started moving again. At this, Kyle squirmed to free himself and from inside his snow globe prison, Justin did the same. It seemed not even Santa and all of his benevolence held the power to spare Kyle and his friend now. But at that moment, the angels that the boys had thought it so funny should oblige the toy soldiers with a peep show appeared. Stop! Listen to what Santa's saying! His message is one of peace and love, but most importantly, forgiveness. For this is the time of year for miracles, and miracles only happen when there's compassion, love, and forgiveness. The only miracle here is that we didn't act sooner, the snowman yelled. Not so. These boys, bad as they may seem have a real friendship. We recognized the terror in Kyle's heart when he looked out of his window to find his friend trapped in the snow globe. Despite that, he rushed out to help him. And the past 12 days, because of the visits you made to each of them, they felt more than fear. They knew shame and doubt, too. We also saw that in their hearts. Deep down, they know what they did to all of us was wrong. Most importantly, deep down, they feel sorry about it. That's no miracle, the snowman grumbled. Seeing us for what we are, what we really are, is though, and they do now. Oh, the snowman scoffed, unconvinced. Let's see if that's true. Let's ask them what we are, then. All of the other decorations agreed. It was decided. Kyle and Justin were about to be asked the most important question of their lives. A truly life-threatening pop quiz, if ever there'd been one. Boys, the angels said, tell us true now, and don't forget we see into your hearts what we, they waved their hands to indicate the crowd of decorations, really are. Kyle didn't speak right away, nor did Justin, but when the snowman shifted impatiently, Kyle knew he had better deliver the right answer and fast. You're not just decorations, you're symbols of the season, of hope and tradition, Justin piped in. "'Of cheer and comfort,' Kyle added. "'You bring the light of love into people's hearts. "'No matter what they do or don't celebrate, "'you are symbols of what people aspire to be, "'of what they want the world to be filled with. "'That's why they take the trouble "'to put you up year after year. "'And it was wrong of us to disrespect that, "'to disrespect you. "'I'm sorry,' Kyle said. "'I am too.' Justin agreed. Everyone looked shocked, and the snowman looked a little dismayed, but Kyle knew they'd given the right answer, because once the shock wore off, tears fell from the angel's eyes, and smiles beamed on the faces of the others. Well, Santa said jovially, I do believe these boys have learned their lesson. The toy soldiers unwrapped Kyle, and then he watched as the snowman in the globe released Justin. Then the decorations headed back to their rightful lawns, and Santa returned to his sleigh, but not before Kyle asked him one last question. I don't get it, Santa. My mom even admitted to me you weren't real, that she was the one who leaves the toys for me under the tree, and I know she did that tonight already, so... Why are you here? Santa winked, smiled, and reached into his bag in the back of his sleigh. He pulled out a fistful of fine gold dust and threw it in the air. It wafted down through the top of the chimney and settled on the rooftop. Everyone believes I deliver gifts for the children the night before Christmas, but that's not so. It's for the parents. What I bring them last the whole year through so that they can create the magic again and again and again with hope and love as it was intended? Then, with a practice flick of his wrist, he twitched the reins and commanded the reindeer to up, up, and away. Kyle and Justin stood together with the stars glimmering down on them as they heard Santa cry. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night! For the first time in his life, his now adult life, Kyle truly understood the meaning of those words. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to Making Merry, Night of the Living Christmas Decorations, a special fiction episode of the Haunted Christmas Season here on the Haunt Jaunts Podcast. My name is Courtney Maroc, and it's been my pleasure to be your storyteller for this audio journey. Next week is our last episode for this season. We'll explore spirited places to ring in the new year. If you haven't yet, subscribe so you don't miss it. Because even though it's our last episode for this season, we've got others planned for 2022. We'll announce our next theme next episode. For now, I'll thank you once more for tuning in for this special episode. Until we sail the airwaves together again, ciao for now.